Hello and welcome to Handled Hey, it's Corey Vaughn with Adam Samaha. And today we're talking about one of our favorites so far, mm-hmm. uh, Eugene Goes Bad. It's directed by Tuck Tucker, written by Steve Vixton, uh, and it's starring a great Arnold Schwarzenegger knockoff. Um, great job, dudes. Yeah, this is such a good episode um, that we talk about, and I think we talk about some fun stuff too, so I think our podcast episode is good too. We did a great job. Um, but yeah, we talk about like being the bad boy and what that entails. We talk about um, what it means to be a hero. Yeah. I mean, we're going to be bad boys ourselves. You don't even have to listen if you don't want. That's right. Put on your leather jackets and eat, spit out your toothpick and walk down the street with your shoes untied. Oh, that was pretty bad. Really bad. Yeah. Um, we should just get into it. Yeah. Just, we already did all the work. You guys can listen. Yeah. It guys, if you have Hulu plus go watch this episode, it is so funny. It's yeah. so funny. It's a great episode. It's one of the best. We um, have more clips on there than usual, so you can really get immersed in it and yeah. feel it. Yeah. Um, remember that there's a little football head in all of us. There is. Uh, enjoy the episode. Uh, email us. Rate and review. And you be a, a bad boy or girl, which sounds weird to say, but give us uh, some emails. You know, say hi. Like, go go against your better judgment. Exactly, <laughs> and, yeah. And rate and review and email. Yeah. Um. Oh, those are the. I don't know if you can hear, oh, but I they're can. After there, us. There's some coppers coming. Uh, okay, enjoy some this episode. Bye bye. And Eugene goes bad. Well, we'll talk about Eugene going bad a little bit later. Uh, it starts with Eugene with his two pals, Arnold and Gerald, watching Eugene's favorite show as clear by the paraphernalia in his room, The Abdicator, which is a cheap uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger knockoff. Uh, it's it's like Terminator meets Zorro meets James Bond, this action hero man uh, with, a, with giant muscles punching people uh, and like doing good deeds uh, and saying cheesy phrases like, I'm going to take you out to lunch. Uh, that was good. Thank you. Um, Eugene is like enamored with this guy. He, he says, this is the, he, he basically says, this man is my hero. Uh, I look up to him and Eugene and uh, Arnold and Gerald both verbalize. This is a little bit intense, but also good for him for having a hero. Like that's fine. Uh, turns out though, this hero is going to be filming in the same, in their same town the next day. Eugene is set on going. And so cut to behind the scenes, Eugene wearing his abdicator t-shirt, Eugene having a camera, Eugene saying, that's him. This is him. I'm so excited. And so you see the first half of a fight sequence with the abdicator and this, um, uh, villain, uh, and some cheesy lines are dropped. And then the director says, cut. Let's bring in the stunt double. And Eugene slowly starts to realize that this guy, um, well, the audience realizes that he's an actor, uh, but Eugene takes it so personally. He's like, this guy's a fake. This guy's been faking me out. 
and he like can't hold himself back and he crosses the boundary into this into the set and he's like he starts booing out loud boo and he's he like lectures uh uh mr abdicator and the abdicator's like dude i'm an actor and eugene's like no you stand for honesty and truth and he like lists off all these things that like this character is supposed to represent um and he just like makes this blanket statement that this guy's a fake and i don't want anything to do with him anymore and so he leaves and the abdicator the guy who plays him is kind of like he at for like a split second you see him worried about this kid but then he's like back to demanding apricot smoothies and like getting him like out of the jacket that's too hot for him which is basically the second th- after needing a stunt double the other thing the abdicator needs is like the right smoothie and like all the like what you assume that Kim and Kanye need that's what this guy needs all the stuff um so we then cut to uh Eugene in his room is there I think that's the next set there's there's like a lot of scenes in this episode that but every single one is like filled with information um so it cuts to Eugene uh yes yeah in his his room room. yeah yeah so he's reading a book called how to go bad uh and he paints his room oh he like gets rid of all of his abdicator paraphernalia he starts painting his room black and it cuts to like him sitting on just a mattress reading a book that says how to go bad. And apparently how to go bad is, uh, putting pomade in your hair, wearing a cool leather jacket and kicking your TV off of the, off of your table and breaking it. The scene is like simultaneously the making of a supervillain. Yes. Yeah. Married with like this, like 1950s. Oh, it's like, it's uh, like, it's a greaser kid becoming a yeah. greaser kid. It's like, yeah. it's like James Dean one Oh one. And, and the, the music, um, that's surrounding it is like this bad to the bone kind of music like so it's it's like visually emotionally and sonically the most intense scene that we've ever seen in this show like it's so dark um and like i'm going into detail a lot with this uh, episode by the way because it is chock full of detail there's it's like filled to the top with jokes and images and character development. It's like, obviously I'm letting it, letting you know a little early that I love this episode. So now let's go into the second half of the episode. He, um, uh, it cuts to him like walking down the street, wearing a, uh, uh, with it, with a, um, uh, toothpick in his mouth, uh, like another bad move. And then he like, of course is still a jinx. So he falls into a manhole and all that stuff. So he's still Eugene, but there's something changed about him. Right? So the next several minutes of this episode is basically Eugene proving how bad he actually is to the world. So he goes into the school and he kind of like, like has his hands in his pockets. Then he walks over to the fire alarm and he pulls the fire alarm. Step one, he's got it. Next step, the principal principal warts comes up to him. It's like, and is like, did you do this? And Eugene's like, maybe. And he like throws a bunch of one-liners at him. Like, like you cramping my style. It ain't my scene. Um, and the principal can't, warts can't do anything. It's like th- this kid has got him wrapped around his finger. Um, so then Eugene, then it cuts to, oh, a little thing that you like barely see, but this, this like unnamed kid that basically just is a stand in for innocent young kid watches Eugene walk by and has this kind of like downtrodden, disappointed look. And he'll, he'll come into play later. Um, uh, the next scene is Eugene cutting in front of Arnold 
at the drinking fountain. Uh, and Arnold's like, what is going on? Like you are, you have changed. Something has happened. And at first Eugene just again, throws out more one liners, which are the greatest, um, uh, the greatest, like James Dean, uh, grease bye bye birdie kind of remarks that only like gangsters from the fifties would say, like, you know, like hoodlums from the fifties would say, and Arnold, you know, sometimes we, we shit on Arnold for like not having the right, uh, the right perspective in these situations. But I, I love Arnold's response, which is this doesn't make it like those statements don't make sense. You're taking this too hard. Like just speaking truth into this kid's life. Um, but Eugene has said, he's like, I've changed and a kid like me does not just, I can't just change back. So once you go this bad, yeah, you don't go back. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and then it cuts to, uh, the kid. Did I, did I skip no, over the, that? You no, know, there's a, well, we, we won't go scene by scene, but then there's the, the, the little kid that you're referencing that he, watches yeah. him walk past earlier comes back into That's play. right. I think, I think it's at this point he, he walks up to Eugene and is like, like Eugene basically confronts Eugene and says, you used to be a kid I could look up to kind, decent, uh, the kind of thing that a little guy like me can one day become when I, when I grow up and Eugene says the same rigmarole he's given to Arnold and to principal warts. That ain't my scene anymore, mm-hmm. basically. Uh, and the kid just says, well, I guess there's nothing I can do, but go bad too, which is it, like everything surrounding this kid on paper is like cheesy trope, but the, but the writer's, know that this is going to function well in this episode. Um, and it does, it, 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 it ends up working in its favor, the cheesiness in its favor later in the episode. Um, so next we cut to the actor, um, who play, who plays, uh, the abdicator in his limo with his manager. Uh, and he's, he's like, his confrontation with Eugene has really, um, sit with him it's been with him for the last day and he's kind of processing it with her. And he actually is coming to some pretty good, like self-evaluation moments. Like, Oh, I'm supposed to be kids all over the world. I'm supposed to be their hero. Uh, and, and not only does he realize his mistake, he also realizes that the name that he represents abdicator doesn't even mean hero. It mean it actually means like deserter. It's, it's someone who gives up easy or who not following through, not follows through. Yeah. And so he, he's going through this existential crisis started by this goofy kid. He like calls him a goofy kid, you know? Um, so he, he kind of is like, oh, I got to go take a walk. And so he leaves. So it, we're coming, we're coming to a head. There's a climax that's happened. That's that's how are these three characters going to come together? That's the question. And they do it. They do it. So you, uh, Eugene's still walking, being all grumpy. Uh, and then um, the kid has just gone bad. Yeah, the kid has just gone bad. I think at this point, Eugene, I think the first thing that happens is you see Eugene throwing tomatoes at a sign. Yes. A, 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 like it's another hoodlum move, throwing yeah. tomatoes at a sign of the abdicator. Arnold and Gerald try to confront him again. And Eugene's like, forget it, I'm done. So then you see this, this and he walks away. Then you see the little kid walking out of his, his fire escape apartment saying, I don't care if I'm out past my bedtime, mom, I might not even come up back till nine o'clock. So he's like really going bad, like nine o'clock. Whoa. So he's now wearing a leather jacket. And so he's trying to climb the down fire the fire escape. escape. And then you see Eugene walking forlorn by himself and he hears someone yell, help. It's the kid. He's falling off the fire escape. He's hanging on by 
his teeny tiny fingers and Eugene processes for a moment, like what his responsibility is in that moment. And he doesn't, he like thinks in his head, doesn't say much, but he says this, every kid needs a hero. And so he decides to go save this kid. And so he jumps up on top of the fire escape, falls, climbs up again, um, and reaches for him and grabs him. But then his shirt gets caught and he's now hanging, holding the kid. They're leather both jacket. hanging. They're, got- yeah. All their leather jackets are, <laughs> are holding strong with this metal. Uh, cut to uh, the abdicator walking by for also forlorn thinking, right? Then he looks up, <laughs> then he looks up and he thinks and they said, that's that goofy kid who called me out yesterday. And then he says the same thing that Eugene says, which is every kid needs a hero. So he jumps on the fire escape saves these two kids has this wonderfully warm heart to heart with Eugene where he both says truth. I'm just an actor, but then gives this second pass. I care what my kids think about me. I care what my fans think about me and everyone needs a hero. And so as he's about to walk away, he overhears this kid saying to Eugene, Eugene, you're my hero. And there's this like mirroring me. Yeah. It's like the mirroring has completed. And it, the, the, Maybe not the thesis, but I think what this episode is about is like perfectly said in this last moment. Um, And then maybe we could talk about what the thesis statement kind of is. Um, It's, I think this episode, well, first of all, this is like, um, Adam and I were talking about it as we were watching it. This might be the best non-Helga centric episode so far Mm -hmm. because it's the, the storyline is well-written. The dialogue is well-written the character development is amazing. It's like legitimately funny. Um, but it also has those sweet sappy moments that you want in Hey Arnold. Um, it, it's kind of an all around great Hey Arnold episode. The music's great. Mm-hmm. Um, it, the, the, the detail, the attention to detail is great. Um, and so I, I think the like sweet sappy part that this episode is pointing to is it's not just that every kid needs a hero. It's that if you're a hero to someone, they're going to be a hero to someone else. And that, that, chain doesn't stop and and in you know the the tiny kid isn't the one saying to the abdicator that you're my hero he's overhearing it and it still brings him this like warmth and joy so it's a it's a beautifully paying it forward like that classic film classic film um it, it it's a it's a it, it's about paying it forward in kindness and honor which is what the abdicator is supposed to be about but what eugene learns is what he's not about um there's so much in this episode, so much meat. Um, but we talked about what probably a good clip to start with could be, mm-hmm. which is the abdicator in the limo kind of confronting the reality of his character, both his personal character and also the character that he portrays. Um, yeah. So let's, I guess, give it a listen. Last night I couldn't sleep. I kept thinking about what that clumsy kid said to me the other day. About how he always looked up to the abdicator. Look, kid, it's no big deal. Every big star is one or two disgruntled fans. I was so troubled I woke up my neighbor to borrow a dictionary and look up the meaning of abdicator. It means to give up responsibility. To abandon your position without fulfilling your duties. I couldn't believe it. It left me haunted. This morning, I was so upset, I could barely work out. Look, 
Maurice, darling. You're not a real hero. You just play one on TV. That's what I told that kid. But somehow it's not a good enough answer. Kids need a hero to look up to. That little kid looked up to me and I failed him. I abdicated my duties. I need to take a walk. Maurice, wait! Okay, so I think... Okay, so that scene... Maybe we're starting with the slow part first because this this episode is chock full of uh, great moments. Um, but uh, yeah, that, epi- that that moment in the limo is a valuable moment for the abdicator. Um, and I would argue even that this episode is of equal or not greater value. Not value. It's like either equally or even more so about the abdicator seeing that just because he's an actor slash performer doesn't mean that he can't be a hero to others. And that, you know, like the stuff he's talking about isn't about like physical brute strength or like toughness. It's about honesty. It's about like those values that his character is supposed to uphold. Yeah. And, and that, and what's crazy is that's what Eugene's looking for too. He's not, Eugene never says like, he's so tough and cool. It's about like the fact that he's polite. He says at one point and like honest, truthful, um, stands uh, up for like the week. Yeah. All that stuff isn't about which. So it's interesting because you kind of assume going into this, like if I was to describe this episode in like five seconds, instead of uh, (laughs) 20 minutes that I took or whatever, you know, I would say, Oh kid, like looks up to a hero that isn't as great as he thought you would assume it'd be about like how he's like villainous slash like a weakling. And that's not what Eugene's sad about. Eugene's actually sad about, that he's like a whiny baby that like d- doesn't know how to like do it for himself basically. Um, so, like the stunt man thing isn't even about the strength. It's about like, wait, someone else is going to do your dirty work. Like it's not about his strength. So it's, I think this episode gets it right from the very beginning that this isn't about masculinity. Um, it's about like, what does it mean to be a hero to somebody else? Well, it makes sense that, the ideals that he upholds, which he like lists off in that scene before he, you know, has his stunt double stunt double take over for him, is the things. It makes sense why those would resonate with um, a kid like Eugene. A kid like Eugene, exactly, because though like the, the he understand he's like for all of his flaws, Eugene is very self aware, and so yeah. Um, yeah, it would make sense that he would want somebody to not to save him, but to like. To know that there is a person that is does have the physicality that he doesn't have, but also has like the heart and the mind right, to, right. to do the right thing with those things that he that Eugene doesn't have. Which yeah, is partially the brute strength, but not fully that. What's jarring about this episode is that Eugene is this plucky, kind, like completely good person. There's like there's no and, and you know he's an idiot and he is a complete klutz, but those other things aren't changed. And what's jarring about the episode is seeing him though it's comedic like seeing him paint those walls is actually like it's like the making of a serial killer it's very like jeffrey dahmer what's how ha- what's like what's gonna happen to sweet and there's this feeling that okay so eugene is sweet like loyal plucky all that stuff but there's this always this feeling that he's always on the edge of of losing it because yeah. he he is a jinx. He's klutzy. He's like, no, like people avoid him like crazy. So it doesn't surprise me that a kid like this is going to put so much into a hero. Yeah. And then when that hero fails him, it's like, 
forget it. He's done. It's all lost. And it is funny because it's almost the way that he talks about his former self is like that part of him died. So in a way where you're saying yeah. it looks like a serial, like a, like the transformation of a serial killer or a space that a serial killer would use when he paints the walls all black. It's sort of like the transformation was that severe for him. It, it was. And, and, and that's why he says a couple different times, like, that's no longer who I am. Totally. I've changed. Um, back really quick. I lot to say about Eugene, but back really quick to the abdicator in the limo. He, he realizes <coughs> that the term abdicate does not, does not mean hero. It means, which was mentioned, which I mentioned before, ab, to, to abdicate one's duties means to, to give them up, to give them up, to, yeah. to, to not, not fall, fall through. through, not finish them to run away. Um, and, and I love that that existential crisis gets so, um, deep with him. Like, it's not just like, Oh, that's ironic that I've been playing a character that doesn't represent the, or the name at least. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. I think what's funny about that scene too, is like you're saying, it reveals so, like he's revealing so much about himself, but I think probably for most, uh, even the most astute, uh, watcher of the show, of the show is that you probably don't even think about what that word actually means you just associate like abdicating your duties abdication what what that 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 act and the definition of that we know that word yes but i never once thought about it until he called until he called it out it was just his name and it was just a thing that he was called and i didn't even immediately think like oh that's really ironic that you know that he would be named that um so I think it, it serves sort of that purpose, like pro- calling out for the viewer as well. Like, right, right. this is funny. You probably also didn't notice this and he didn't notice it either. So you can't make fun of him really. Cause yeah. deep down, you probably you didn't, didn't think about it either. It. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and she, his manager kind of doubles down, like uh, who cares about one, dis- one or two disgruntled fans, mm-hmm. which is, um, so, well, we, okay. So we just watched, uh, Kanye on TMZ. Yeah. Um, and how to date this to date this. Yes. Um, uh, how one disgruntled fan heard what he had to say and called him out. And, you know, uh, unfortunately for Kanye or maybe fortunately, I don't know. It was filmed and put on YouTube and now everyone, everyone can see it. Um, yeah. and so Kanye's going to be held accountable to that. But yeah, like if it was some guy on the street, like, like celebrities all the time have to ignore that because, one dis- I, I I understand what she's saying. One disgruntled fan, well, so a man does not make. So so it's I think we'll go slightly into the Kanye thing and then we'll explain why it is actually perfect for this episode. Right. So in the thing, he's on this sort of crazy ass rant like he always is, and he basically Wait, says Kanye says something I unintelligible. Know, I know, and oh, he he well sadly you can understand everything he always says, but he just says stupid things. Yeah, the thought behind it is yes, unintelligible. Yes, yeah. But he, he, uh, so he basically said, like, if slavery existed for 400 years and all those people were involved in it, at some point, doesn't that become a choice? That's what Kanye West said, which is a horrendous, horrible fucking thing to say. And just historically inaccurate, fucked up, and, and all like, of it. unempathetic yeah, at, the, at the least, you know? Yeah, so uh, it, like, it's, it's just problematic on its face yes. in every way you can sort of analyze it. Which the abdicator and did not say. No, the abdicator. But Kanye West did say that. But a staffer, he later on goes and starts belting out nonsense to the staff in the background of the episode or of the show. And uh, a staffer in the very back basically gets up and like responds to him and has a rebuttal to his absurdity and offensiveness of what he said before. And 
you can tell in, in when the guy's responding to Kanye that like, this is a guy that like probably likes his music, calls him a genius and says he's very talented at his work, but is flat on his face, offensive and wrong. Yeah, and what he's yeah. saying is problematic. And he has a duty because there's responsibility behind him as a celebrity. Yes, yes. And he has a duty to think about the things that he says and say things that matter and mean something. And, um, and what's incredible about that scene and then, the episode that we're analyzing in Harold is that in that moment, the person that you would initially think is the person that you is worth looking up to, i.e. the celebrity Kanye West is the person you shouldn't be looking up to. What you should be looking up to is the regular person who confronts the celebrity. Mm. And so, and it sort of flips the script on like what becomes the Mm. thing that we should Mm. sort of look up to. And it, and, and that happens in this episode too, because you have the viewer of, the abdicator Eugene ends up doing a heroic act by saving this kid who is looking up to him as well. Right, right. So there's like this multi-layered thing where the thing that Eugene like strives for or likes in this person, he actually ends up embodying himself. Yes, yes. And that's exactly what happens in the, in the Kanye West thing. Mm, it's mm. this guy is saying like, you have this pro- platform and you're fucking it up. And guess what? He uses and, that same platform. Exactly. Yes. He also yes. has a platform. And especially in that moment, he has a platform. And he ends up like making waves in a way that Kanye West doesn't have the wherewithal or the care to do. Right. And right. He, he probably is aware, but he's actively choosing not to do the right thing. And he knows that he's actively choosing not to do the right thing, which is why I say. Yeah. Um, and, and even yeah. what even what that staffer says to Kanye is very similar to what Eugene says to the abdicator. Like you're supposed to be something better. And yes. You're not. Being yes. Something better. Exactly. Um, so it, it isn't just that you see the abdicator's ideals in Eugene later, it's actually that like what Eugene calls out is the thing that the abdicator is not. So it's like, yes. it's like both layers. So like yes. Eugene, like I think what Eugene learns is similar to what the abdicator learns, which is everyone needs a hero, but it also is Eugene learning. Like I already have what the abdicator has in me. Yeah. And so both those things are what he learns. Whereas the abdicator it's, it's more about him um, confronting his celebrity status mm-hmm. and realizing mm-hmm. that um, playing a hero isn't the same as being one. And he could play a hero all day and not be a hero. Like, so it's interesting because uh, this episode is all about the putting on of, and so this maybe is a segue into kind of Eugene's transformation in this episode. Um, both Eugene and the abdicator. And then eventually the like little kid, um, they are wearing this, costume of what they are expected to be um and but in all cases they're playing fakes they, they aren't actually what that thing is which harold loves to do there's a lot of like dressing up in the show so you have helga dressing up as like an older sexy woman um there are future episodes definitely that deal with that um gerald kind of putting on this like putting on the business suit when he's doing business putting on the bow tie when he's um uh, the boss over Arnold. Like there are many moments where characters use their clothing and appearance to indicate to the world who they're supposed to be um, and who they, who they're trying to be. Um, and so it starts small and simple with the abdicator saying, this is just a role I play, um, which is a, a deeper conversation than just simply like, I'm an actor and I get paid to do this. It's, it's, him saying to Eugene, I don't believe that I am what you think I am. I'm only pretending to be that thing. I'm not actually that thing. And I can't be that thing. Uh, 
And so Eugene kind of flips it by doing the thing that the viewer does not expect he could ever do, which is put on this tough self that, um, uh, like is just incongruous with his character. And even him trying to do it is like only humorous. Um, you know, he puts on the leather jacket, he puts in pomade, um, and then, uh, you know, has several like quippy James Dean type lines. So, and then eventually the, the small kid also puts on that same, uh, facade. Um, doesn't get quite as far. doesn't get quite as far. No, he get, barely gets outside of his window. Um, but yeah, I think, I think on one side, this episode is about like uh, the heroics and, and how to, how to follow through with that. But I think it's also about, um, how the things that we put on aren't like fail us basically. Totally. And and I think, and like we've talked about in many previous episodes, I think though there's something like a, to me, a through line of all the episodes is these characters are continuously doing the wrong thing, mm. but they're like learning a lot about themselves in the process. Right. And it's almost like the act of doing anything be it good or bad, is better than doing nothing at sure, all. Sure. Because if Eugene was doing nothing at all, he would have just been the clumsy kid that it, he always was. Yeah. In the transformation, like you see him as a character in this episode moving through the space of the mm-hmm, episode mm-hmm. in a way that, and with confidence that he's never exhibited right, before. Right. That he's actually had the very opposite of. It's been antithetical yeah. to him. And so <clears throat> there is some good in doing that. It, yeah, it, practical good, I guess. Yes. Like for his just a practice for his body to have confidence. Well, not even your body, like psyche as well. Yes, like, because yes. yeah, faking, like faking it, and that's sort of the abdicator's thing too, where he thinks that he's playing this thing, but it's there's actually something behind it. Like people actually view him as that, right? Right. And there's a responsibility there. Um, and it's like, but he doesn't re- like him playing that role doesn't sink in until like this random th- occurrence happens to him. Right. And then he realizes, wait, there's no, there's something more to this. This actually means something to somebody. And then he understands the the, the weight of himself. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's like, you can act like the thing, but for a long time, but you don't know how it's actually going to impact you positively or negatively. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. That's interesting. Cause he is like, Oh, there. so we, you could talk about, there are two, I'm going to talk about two religious things really quick that I think are similar to this, that one is, um, uh, the, the Christian phrase, uh, like carry the cross of Christ. Like that's not saying crucify yourself or like mm-hmm. allow yourself to be crucified. It's saying like, consider the weight of the world that he had to mm-hmm. carry and put that on yourself. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean actually put it it's on like perspective. It, yeah. It's like, it's like, just, just like wear that backpack for a minute mm-hmm. in your mind and, and meditate on that. It's mm-hmm. a, it's a form of meditation and like it's, it's walking a mile in someone else's shoes. Mm-hmm. It doesn't literally mean do that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then the second thing, which is similar is, um, in liturgical practices. So for me, it's going to be more Catholic, Orthodox, et cetera, but really any liturgical practice, whether that's Muslim or Jewish or Buddhist, any kind of practice where you're doing physical things with your body in response to some sort of worshipful meditative place um the thought is even if you believe that like going down on bended knee or like um dipping your hands in water or lighting a candle those are things that you may believe don't do anything like physically that like there's no miraculous thing that happens or like you know taking communion or um burning incense any uh, breaking breaking challah bread whatever the thing may be those are all Worst case scenarios, symbols that are still good to do because you're putting on a motion 
that your body, like, it's like your body still gets closer to that holy place, even if you don't believe that it actually is getting there. Because if you do it every day, eventually it's going to seep into your bones. Right? Well, and there's something beyond the pure physicality of the action. Right. Even though that's where it starts. And yes. So there is something interesting about him putting on putting on the hero's costume every day. Yeah. Um, and it took him years and years to understand the importance of it. But it's like what we see in this episode with the abdicator is, oh, there was good in him. It just, he just needed the right, like click to like get to that point. And even Eugene, when he crosses over into the scene, like that took a part of his personality that we've never seen before. Right. Like, that right. was even a form of bravery. Mm, mm. And you could say it's, it's foolish or whatever, which it was, it was, yeah, <laughs> yeah. it was, but it ultimately had some, did some good. It did. Yes. And like yeah. Eugene going bad enabled him to save that kid. I mean, it's all debatable uh, because the kid could have died. Yeah. So that wasn't good. <laughs> yeah, sure. But in the way that it all played out, it's like he, it, we were able to see the sort of the full circle. Yeah. And, and you know, the, uh, I, it's like the rule of like negation or something. I don't know. I'm I'm completely armchair philosopher right here. But uh, Eugene being good uh, for his whole life and then going bad made the bad way more powerful. Well, and um, it, there's and, some good that came out of the bad. Right. And so yeah. then the good that came out of the bad not only kept the bad bad, but it made the good even more good. Totally. Because he, you now have something to compare it with. Exactly. Like, I mean, it's like... I mean, I guess yin and yang, like the balance of like good isn't good without bad. There's not like yeah. a, and so there's, there's an emptiness to Eugene's like plucky goodness until he's gone through the experience of the totally. bad. It makes that plucky goodness. Like you make it gives you some empathy. Like, wow. Even though his life sucks, he's still like, like, especially in this moment, even though he, like he's experienced true despair totally, and he's like, let it in. He let it in. Well, and like, and so I think playing on the, 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 when he becomes the bad boy, it, 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 yeah, it's like, it's the delinquent from like the 1950s. And there's like these funny videos. If you look on YouTube about like delinquency at that time, it was like a whole thing. Like, why are all these kids yeah. from like middle-class America? Why are they so restless? Why are they so troubled? Why are they sort of like, sort of violent? And there's these like funny videos of like. The kid, like, sitting at the diner with, like, his leather jacket and his, yeah. like, swooped back hair. And he's just, like, ripping the, the 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 innards of the seat from under him while he's sitting with his parents. And it's just, like, goofy shit. Like, they're like, why are you doing that? Or, like, that famous scene, I don't know what movie it is, but he's, like, beating the shit out of, like, um, the uh, thing you put the money in at the parking meters. Mm, I don't know. But it's, like, a quintessential delinquent scene. Yeah. Um, but that sort of thing, like, there is, it's, like... There's sort of an emptiness to those actions. Mm-hmm. Like there's they're mm-hmm. they're they're sort of shallow in their sort of frustration. Um, but at the at the same time, they're like really there is some sort of discontentment that's going right, on. Right. That and the only way that they know how to express it is this, this sort of stupid, you know, like uh, the sort of stupid, foolish sort of way. And it and it makes sense why you would go from that sort of thing to like in the '60s you have the hippies and then you have all this whole other thing, oh, which is almost like the opposite of yeah. the 1950s. Uh-huh. And that's sort of we see this transformation in this well, thing where it's it like it starts with blind optimism from yes, Eugene and it to moves total, to like delinquency yes. and then it moves to like new age like kindness yeah well, it's just it's just yeah. like do, yeah just the whole paying it forward yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it, you you see it's almost like in that, that whole like the oneness sort of thing right where it's like oh wait there's all interconnectedness yes, between yes, all of us yes, yes, 
yes, yes, yes. And a good deed can travel far and ripple and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. If Butterfly I have, effect. Now, Ashton Kutcher. I've, no, don't. <laughs> I I have not... Uh, so I have not seen... Um, oh, what's the main James Dean movie? Um, uh, uh, Rebel Without, Without a, a Cause. I've not seen it. I know mm-hmm. I need to. Uh, but the other one I would recommend if you really want to see a great fictional account of delinquency with, like, meat... Because... Uh, there are three musicals that have like a ton of greaser mentality. Um, mm-hmm. Grease, uh, Grease, nice. Bye Bye Birdie and uh, West Side Story. Grease and Bye Bye Birdie are empty. They're like it's like cotton candy. They're not good. Sorry for those of you who love it. West Side Story is like actually about they they do a better job explaining what the discontent comes from. It's a mm-hmm. mix of like racism and poverty. Yeah. Um, and both of those things like funnel into these kids. Um, and there are several monologues about delinquency in that in that musical. And so, you know, if I were you, I would rent the movie. I think it's on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so I, what I want to do is take a quick break to go to our sponsors. Just kidding. We don't have sponsors. I want to take a quick break just for like a funny break to hear Eugene list off a bunch of um, uh, ridiculous 50s phrases to Arnold. Just being a general bad boy. Yeah, he's being a bad boy. All right, listen. Eugene, what are you doing? Oh, whatever I want, Squirt. Squirt? Uh, look, Eugene, I was just wondering how things are going lately. What's it to you? Come on, Eugene. You've changed. Make your point, Arnold. You're boring me. Eugene? That's my name. Don't wear it out. Oh, brother. You used to be a nice kid. Why are you doing this? Because it's there. That doesn't even make sense. It's not complicated, Arnold. I used to be a nice guy. But somewhere along the line, I changed. And once a guy like me changes, there ain't no changing back. Got it? But Eugene, later for you. Hey, Adam, why are you on this podcast with me? Because it's there. Oh! Oh! Best episode, or best line of the entire episode. Oh, it's so good. It's, it, when we first watched it like a week ago... Adam laughed out loud and like threw his head back and guffawed <laughs> because it was, it was so, uh, it's like ahead of its time. Funny. So but funny. It's so funny. And like the robotic nature of that bad boy line <laughs> yeah, is hilarious. Yeah. Like he's not even listening to Arnold at all. He's just like rattling lines off. Yep. It's so yep. amazing. Yeah. And Arnold is like truly exhausted by the end of the conversation. Like, Oh brother, like truly is like, like yeah. sees through it completely. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and to jump, okay, so uh, to jump actually to Arnold for a second, um, and this maybe will take us off the conversation about heroes and, and bad boys, um, but I think I think it might be one of the best, like, because a lot of these episodes have, like, a line or two coming from, like, Arnold or Gerald or Helga that kind of summarizes, like, the feeling at the end of the episode. Like, I guess he does understand blah, 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 or what whatever, and... In this moment, you see Arnold and Gerald like view um, this hero exchange of these three heroes, like kind of like adjusting to who they really are and all that. And you hear the kids say, Eugene, you're my hero. And Arnold and Gerald have this exchange that's actually like really good and funny and it's cheesy, but like they call it out. So I think Arnold says like, or Gerald says, I don't care how much of a hero he is. He's still a jinx. And then Arnold's like, yeah, but he's still, he's still something else. He's a hero. And then Gerald's like, that's corny. And Arnold's like, I know, but it's also kind of cool. And that's exactly how I feel after hearing him say that. Like, yeah, that was corny and cool. Like, it's like the writers knew 
it's self-aware. It's a self-aware about like how how every every show wants to bookend, right? Every every kids show needs to have some sort of like great bow tied at the end, um, and having Gerald call it out as corny um, lets us kind of know that like at least the writers know it's corny, even if it is like the right thing to do. It was the right line to finish the episode with. It, totally, and it 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 kind of summarizes like you're saying the whole the whole episode in the sense that. Eugene being cool, like I guess technically he's being cool, but like he isn't being cool at all. And it shows you like the shallowness of coolness. Yeah. And then also the sappiness of like being really heartfelt. Like it shows sort of this episode as a whole does all this very well, where it shows you the sort of limitations of different Mm -hmm. feelings and different tropes uh, very, very well. And Mm -hmm. it plays with a bunch of them simultaneously. Yeah. It's just, I think the writing in this episode is just great. Yeah. And it ends great. Um, I'm trying to think how else to talk about. We t- talked about wearing different roles. We talked about, um, we talked about the nature all. of being a hero and how it's not just what the hero you look like, but also like what you do. The horrible thing about this episode is that every terrible shitty song that mentions heroes, different lines have come into my head as we've been having this discussion. Yeah. And one of them we're going to end with. We are. The one we're ending with is really it's, great. It's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think um, we talk mm-hmm. sometimes about like like we sometimes have the segment shit on Arnold? Arnold performed pretty well. Yeah, this I think I think he was exactly the right amount of yeah. like but Budinsky. He wasn't yeah. over Budinsky. He was good. Yeah, I, I don't want to shit on him. Yeah, um, I love uh, throwing the tomatoes at. I mean, like every we mentioned this already about the um, greasers. Like everything that that Eugene does is textbook delinquent greaser every yeah, every and i don't totally mean is. i don't mean new greasers i mean old greasers like like yeah just from like the 50s yeah, yeah. just um, being that like really innocent angst there there's um like it's very improv to be like i'm i'm a bad boy i'm gonna put on my leather jacket like it's to a t this the cool experience even though nobody we know that's cool wears a leather jacket or like if they do it's like on accident you know like or they just like it or they like it yeah it's not because they want to be cool yeah, yeah. um uh, like but that still is a um an easy like visual gag for d- today it's still funny mm-hmm. i don't know uh, like it's a it's a it's a symbol that delinquent symbol has lasted through the decades yeah. oh totally yeah and the pomade the look is down. He's got it oh down. Oh my gosh. I, I, jeans are cuffed. So, yeah, I mean, we've already kind of praised this episode, but um, I want to say, like, kind of go over again the reasons why this this episode feels like anything, everything you want from Hey Arnold is yeah. wrapped up in this episode. Um, you know, we just played that, uh, uh, the moment of dialogue with Arnold and Eugene, and it felt not only self-aware, but um, like well-timed, well-thought-out, very funny. Um, and and it's tied with, um, like, visual gags. So, visually, the whole episode is filled with information that uh, adds to the humor, adds to the sappiness. Um, you have great character development. Uh, it, it's minus Helga's torment inside. Like, there's not much missing from this episode. Um, ugh. It's so good. Yeah, it's a great one. Yeah. Um, what do you, anything else you want to, or should we just jump to cry of the week? Probably just cry of the week. Cool. What are you thinking? I think any scene where the kid that looks up to Eugene is in, 
he has like this like yeah, yeah. he has like this really hilarious like cartoony like dust bowl kid yes, look yes like you yeah. could see him with the just like overalls on with holes all, all yes. over them and just like these giant eyes like looking at him like why am i so poor yeah like yeah. that like that kind of look and anything he says or does is like funny and really sad yes yes yeah yeah and like they they brought in the right kid like there, there's almost there's so the emotion is so sad it's almost no emotion yes. it's like um, yeah it almost doesn't Make you feel bad, but it's still really sad. Yeah, it's like they they had they said to him, "Read this as boring as you can." Mm-hmm. But th- because the kid, the kid who voiced him, probably is this adorable kid, mm-hmm. like his voice is so adorable that making him say it boring is like even more heartstring pulling, right? And, yeah, and it's and it because it's such a trope, like that type of character, yes, that sad, yes. sad little kid. Yes. Yeah. No, that's a, that's a great character. That's good. Um, These guys know what they're doing. How many? You know, how many guys. tears? Cool. Um, I'm going to give four tears to, uh, I know, to the abdicator walking away and hearing the kids say, Eugene, you're my hero. It's like, it's so good. And the abdicator is surprised and then he smiles. And it's like, oh, the like, the the circle of character development has finished. And he, he, he's proud of what he did. He's proud of this goofy kid. Like, all is right in the world. And and it, 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 that's after a part I would have given three to, three tiers to, which is the abdicator saying, I just play one on TV, but I care about what my fans think. Like him getting down to Eugene's level. And it's the kind of dream you have. Like if I, if I had kids and they met their celebrity, that's how I want a celebrity to act like yeah. honest, but loving, like not, not flippant or fake. Like yeah. it was very real. I, I think if I had another one, there's a lot of actually emotionally, uh, resonant scenes in this episode, but where he's sitting in the car, the clip that we played and he's realizing like the name doesn't even mean what I thought it meant. Like that as a thing is sad because he's coming to terms with so much where he, you know, that his career. Yeah. Yeah. He's like just been a passenger in his own career this entire time with the character and everything else. And you can just see it in that character in that moment. Like, Whoa, I really haven't been involved in this thing I've been doing for so long. Yeah. And that realization like that's kind of terrible. And, and that realization is butted up against some really funny, like, um, celebrity type lines. Like I couldn't even, I couldn't even focus while I worked out Mm -hmm. or like I had to wake up my neighbor at two in the morning to borrow a dictionary. Mm -hmm. Like those are funny celebrity, like stereotypical celebrity type moves. Yeah. And it's, it's like paired with like a really intense realization about his, his career and his, his lifestyle. Um, yeah. Like, yeah. A very funny episode with some great, classic sad hey arnold moments mm-hmm. um and and you know some pretty intense some pretty dark moments too like you know most of the dark stuff we've seen has come from helga and her family um like oh shit that's way dark maybe a little bit with Rhonda because her parents are so like like covered in you know uh like riches or whatever but i would say the darkest moment so far might be Eugene sitting on that empty mattress reading how to go bad in the black yeah. room. Like that's yeah. it's it, it's a moment we haven't really seen yet in the show so explicit. He's a poorer kid, isn't he? Uh I think he's about average. There're okay. definitely poor kids in class mm-hmm. than him. Like I think Sid is like the most low income mm-hmm. kid and stinky obviously cuz he's like a farmer yeah. or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um farmer in the big city. That's <laughs> poverty right there. 
Oh man, an intense poverty. So yeah, I, I mean, we I honestly could just keep saying positive things about this episode all day. Um, great job, Steve Ixton and uh, the rest of the team. That, You're not um, so bad, Craig. Not so bad, Craig. This is a good one. Uh, okay, uh, without further ado, we have a song for you. The song is by Bonnie Tyler. It's called "Holding On to" or "Holding Out for a Hero." Fuck, and uh, it's from <laughs> the Footloose soundtrack. It's it's from a lot of things. I think there's an album that's from too, but it's most known yeah. from the Footloose soundtrack. What I'm looking at, it's on the Footloose soundtrack. That's right, baby. Yeah. Um, you know what? Hold on for that hero. You're gonna find him or her. Uh huh. Thanks. Oh, I guess we usually like say something else, like "thanks for listening." I don't know. Sorry. Uh, I can be your hero, baby. Oh my gosh, there's See? so many good ones. I know. That's what I was saying. That was in my head the whole fucking time. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm not. I'm not. I'm no Superman. Right. <laughs> that, that's one. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to. I don't bring others. I don't either. They're, they've all passed on. The only one that kept coming back was that terrible song. I don't even know what song that is. Do you sing There Goes My Hero? Oh, there that's another one. There Goes My Hero. Yeah. We got to end this episode. <laughs> we got it before we get sued by all these bands. Um, thank you for listening. Uh, email us at hey.handledhey at gmail.com. Uh, rate and review. Stop what you're doing. Just, it's like so easy. Just like hit the stars on your, uh, listening service and it'll say, are you sure you want to rate? And you go, yes, I do rate review email us. Um, then put this track back on and pump your fist in the pump air your fist. and enjoy it. Uh, next episode, speaking of music is what's opera Arnold, which is a fan favorite. Uh, a lot of singing. Get ready, Adam. <laughs> I'm so excited. Um, yeah, please, uh, Check in with us again soon. Thank you. Bye.